When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is oh so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm. You've probably heard the term cash is king, but I think it's really credit is king. Those three digits that make up your credit score hold a lot of power in your wealth building journey. But the truth is, it can be really difficult to build credit score from scratch or improve a bad score. Jim McGinley, CEO of SeedFi, is here to show you how to create the credit score of your dreams and overcome any challenges that might be in your way. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Compton Game, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. I'm probably dating myself here, (laughs) but when I was in college, you got a credit card and a free t-shirt, and I'm still trying to figure out how that was actually a good deal. Do you remember your first piece of credit? Like, how did it make you feel? Probably the same way I did, empowered, until I realized that I had to pay back everything that I charged with interest, which wasn't so fun. And credit score has always been somewhat confusing. So my friend, if you're feeling a little unsure about what your score means or how to improve it, this episode is for you. 
As I mentioned, Jim is the co-founder and CEO of SeedFi, a financial health startup helping Americans build credit, save money, access funds, and plan for the future. And Jim's heart, as you'll be able to tell in this episode, is in the right place. He really wants to help you succeed and build a great credit score. So if you're staring at your score and it's not exactly where you want it to be, just know, A, you're not alone, and B, by the end of this episode, you'll have some solid tools to supercharge your credit score. On to the interview. Jim, I am so excited to welcome you on the Millennial Money Podcast, and you just told me a little fact that this is your first podcast, so we are so honored to have you. Oh, thank you so much, Sean. I'm super excited to be here, and uh, hope my first, my first run through the podcast uh, goes well. I'm sure it will. <laughs> we'll, we'll go easy. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. We have so much to talk about. And I, I want to start out that, you know, the, the reality of the situation is there are millions of Americans who've lost their job, be it pandemic or recession. We've got so many people behind on their bills. We know the stats that 30% of people don't even have $400 saved. Uh, 47% have poor to no credit. We could go on and on about a quarter of Americans being underbanked or even unbanked. So many different statistics kind of working against us here. And I want to start with a little education, this, this idea around underbanked or even unbanked. How are so many Americans in this category? What does that mean? And, and how in the world has that been established and, and let alone gone on for this many years? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it's, it's an interesting situation. When, when people hear the terms underbanked or unbanked, or people hear the terms around, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, uh, I think you naturally think, oh, this is a really small percentage of people that are kind of on the outskirts of our economy. And the reality is, it's like half the people in this country, 100 million people live paycheck to paycheck, and it's not all low income people either. Um, and when, when, you, when you survive paycheck to paycheck, um, generally, you know, when, when life happens and emergencies hit you, um, and you have to come up with funds to cover the emergency, it can be really difficult. And so folks end up doing things where they'll overdraft on their bank accounts, or they'll need to take out an additional credit card. And when you kind of go down that cycle, it can be really hard to recover from. Yeah. And so if you've end up, you know, if you've lost a bank account or two because of overdrafting, um, you can get on a blacklist and it can be tough to open up a new account. And so sometimes people have to resort to prepaid cards or other means just to try to get banking services. And it's not just a small fringe of the population. It's a large percentage of people that are affected by these problems. And again, I think the fundamental issue is that it's really hard to start to create wealth and become financially secure. And so when so many people are living paycheck to paycheck, you've got a lot of folks that are just in financially precarious situations. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, is there is there a solution? I mean, is is there a way to to change this? Uh, I mean, because it's, it's obviously the system isn't working. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so it's a it's a complex problem. And, you know, there there are a lot of issues that I know less about. Um, I think there's issues with with income and, and jobs. And right. are there enough jobs that can support a living wage? So there's a whole bunch of issues there. I think there are significant issues with the education system. 
and folks going to college and coming out of college with significant amounts of debt, uh, but they don't actually have better job prospects because of the experience. Um, and so I think there, there's a lot of underlying issues. Um, I think one of the other issues is once people do, um, you know, get into the workforce and start working, um, you know, how do you how do you get started? Um, and how do you get on a path of kind of financial stability? Um, I think it's it's a few things that are going on there that are really interesting. You can kind of double click on. I think one is there's not a lot of great products to get you started on a good path. Um, I think that's a place that I've spent a lot of my time thinking about and trying to figure out what are the right products to make sure that people get um, on a good financial path. Um, I think that there's also um, a set of issues that, that once you um, once you kind of get going on the wrong path, um, there, there's really no, no way to get out of it. Um, you start, you know, you, when you talk about folks that, that don't make a lot of money or don't have a lot of excess cash flow after their expenses, um, if you start introducing additional fees and finance charges and, and financial waste, um, it's really hard for them to figure out where to go from there and, and how to get out of that. Um, and so um, I think that's kind of the, the root of the problem. Um, I think there's also a lot of really uh, difficult cultural influences um, that kind of guide people down the wrong path. Um, and I know at least for, for my generation, when I was getting out of school, um, there was a whole set of influences that I think um, kind of had a, had a pretty negative effect on our early financial trajectories that ultimately you have to figure out ways to overcome, but um, it creates quite, quite a setback for you early in your financial journey. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot to unpack. Um, I, I think another stat in here that just really popped out at me was 47% have poor to no credit. And I know this is a reality. I know that it, it doesn't necessarily have any bearing on income per se. I mean, I have sat across the table with some quote unquote, very wealthy people who credit scores are just uh, a mess. And, you know, I guess the question is, why is it really difficult to build credit from scratch or or improve a bad credit score? We know that we need a good credit score. And I think there's a little bit of this like fog around how, how we actually get there. But why is it so difficult to, to build or improve a score? Yeah, totally. And, and I actually think that recovering from a bad score is the most difficult part. And so, you know, part of it is, is how do you get started and how do you avoid ending up in kind of a bad score situation? And so I think the tough part about getting started is no one really knows how to get started. You know, you, you graduate from college and like, you know, at least for me, when I was graduating college, my senior year, we all got like credit cards in the mail, right? They, they literally, they'll, they'll target your, your dorm rooms. And so like in our dorm rooms, we, we get credit cards and you're about to graduate and we'd be getting, you know, you know, a signing bonus is coming or something. And so I went out and spent a bunch of money on a credit card because I could. And I figured, oh, I'll, I'll pay it off when, whenever I yeah. start working. And so that was kind of like my financial on-ramp. And like, when you think about it, what a terrible financial on-ramp. No one like telling you what to do or what not to do. And you just get these credit cards and you're young and you start spending on it. And so that was kind of my financial on-ramp. And I think that was pretty common. And look, the, the, the credit card companies are smart and I actually spent a lot of time working for them too. Um, and so they would target folks that they could generate a lot of revenue from. And we were good customers for them, but it wasn't necessarily good for us, right? We, we racked up early debts that we didn't need to be spending that money. Um, and if you make a couple late payments, 
Um, the first couple accounts that you open are so important because that's all that they have to look at, right? And so if you do well on those, it can be okay. But if you don't do well, you can quickly kind of, you know, hurt your credit score and, and get down th this bad path. And so I think the combination of, you know, just being young and not really thoughtful about like bills coming in at the time, everything came in through the mail too. And so you miss a payment or two, you start racking up some debt. And like, before you know it, you're like already down this bad path and it can be really hard to recover from. And so, you know, in some ways it's good starting from a clean slate, but you don't know what you don't know. And it's almost until you get into a little bit of trouble that you wake up and you realize, oh, I need to, I need to correct this. I need to yeah. figure out how I get on a better path. And at that point, you're kind of already behind the eight ball and you're trying to play catch up. Um, and so I think that's where, I think that's where, you know, people just end up in trouble um, without being super thoughtful about it. So if you find yourself in that situation, no matter what age you're at, where you're you're behind and the lates are starting to rack up, is there what are what are some of the ways you can work to unravel that? Are there any like inside secrets you can give us? Yeah, totally. So, you know, credit scores can be can be complicated at some score and you don't really know what goes into it. You know, ultimately what it is, it's 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 the credit bureaus and the banks trying to just figure out um, you know, how credit worthy is someone and, and should I give them a credit card? Should I give them a loan? And so the things that they look at, the, the most important thing is, do you make all your payments on time? And have you ever missed a payment? And so the very first thing I would tell everyone is just make all your payments on time. Even if it's a minimum payment, just don't go late. And so, you know, if you set up auto pay, um, that, that's always the best thing to do. Set up auto pay in all your accounts. So you're never late. If you're worried about the, the size of the payment, at least set auto pay for min pay, and then maybe you can pay some extra when you can afford it. But I think the very first thing is just always always pay on time, um, and that's the easiest thing. And, and generally, that'll, that'll help you avoid from, from getting you know, too far down the credit spectrum, and so that'll at least kind of get you to like some kind of midpoint that's not too bad. But then to improve and get a very good score, the kinds of things that they look at are you know, how utilized are you on your accounts? And utilization is basically how much credit line do you have? And then how much of that credit line are you actually using? And so it's kind of, it's actually measuring a couple things when you think about it. The first thing that it's measuring is like, okay, well, are you using all the debt that you have? And if you're not using it, that's a good sign. That means you're, you're you know, you're, you're not taking advantage of everything you have. You're being kind of thoughtful and responsible about it. But then the, the, the less obvious thing that it's looking at is how much credit is someone else willing to give you? And so if I have a credit card that has a $30,000 credit line on it and I'm only using $1,000, it's good that I'm only using $1,000, but it's also good that someone else decided that they were willing to give me $30,000 of credit line. And so the kinds of things that help you get a really good score are to keep that low utilization, but also to have large credit lines on your accounts. Um, and so the more accounts you have with large credit lines, that really helps you start to get to, you know, people talk about prime and super prime right, credit yeah. scores where you're up above 700. And that's where you really start having multiple cards with large lines, but it doesn't, but you don't use them. And that's kind of the key thing because credit cards are a slippery slope when you, you know, you get all this credit line, you're like, oh, I can start using that. And you start spending more and more and more that's where the slippery slope kind of comes in. And so, you know, first thing, just make your payments on time. And then second thing is really about being responsible with how you're using the credit lines that you do have.
Okay, listen, like many of you out there, I love Notion, our sponsor today. And I honestly use it every day for my notes and journaling. I also track our family expenses and I manage all of our household to-dos. Notion has been such a lifesaver in helping me get a lot more organized because that's not one of my strengths without stressing me out. Notion is a place where any team can write, plan, organize, and rediscover the joy of play. It's a workspace designed not just for making progress, but getting inspired. Notion is the AI-powered workspace that can summarize things like meeting notes and automatically generate action items and help you get answers to questions in seconds. It will honestly blow your mind. Notion is for everyone, whether you're a Fortune 500 company, you're a freelancer, you're starting a startup, or you're a student juggling classes and clubs, or you're somebody like myself that just really wants to get organized. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash etm. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash etm, and start turning ideas into action. And when you use our link, you are supporting our show, notion.com slash etm. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. 
Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited, and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Yeah, I, I share a similar story to you in college when it was like, here's your free T-shirt along with your credit card. And it was like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. You know, let's let's go to the mall and, and see what we can buy. And the after effect, scratching the head going like, oh, okay, these things actually get more expensive when I don't pay them off. But it, I think it starts this mindset around credit that sometimes is really hard to shake. I know I had to go through a process where I worked really hard to pay off my credit card debt. And it's it took a lot of like changing my my buying behavior, changing my money habits, changing my mindset, like all of those things before I actually really thought, okay, I, I can see the progress happening. And then as I was paying them off, I was watching my credit score grow, which was also uh, really fun to kind of watch that relationship, I guess they have. Uh, you know, I've gotten a couple of questions from from listeners specifically during during this time, the last year, year and a half that we've we've been in. And if if we found ourselves in a position where maybe we couldn't make all of our credit card payments, are there ways or things you can do with a credit card company to, for lack of a better word, ne- negotiate your your situation, or are you just pretty much in a place with with credit cards where you gotta at least make that that uh, that monthly minimum payment? Well, and, and I think that there's a few different kinds of scenarios um, through the pandemic. Um, obviously, you know we've had a lot of folks go through a lot of financial hardship, um, a lot of jobs lost, 
And I think if, if you do find yourself in a situation where you, you lose your income, um, you can certainly reach out to your, to your credit card companies um, or to whatever credit accounts you have and let them know of the situation. And almost all of the banks um, and credit companies have hardship programs. And so if you go through hardship, absolutely contact them ahead of time. Let them know you're going through hardship. And a lot of times they'll get you on a payment deferment program. Um, I know through the pandemic they were they were quite um, you know they were quite popular and they were pretty generous with trying to help people through it. Um, obviously, they're better off if they can help you get through a tough time without going delinquent um, and and ultimately you know kind of charging off on on, on the account. Um, and so they'll work with you. And I think it's always always good to be proactive there and find out what kinds of programs they have. And so. At a minimum, I think it's pretty easy to get things like payment deferments, and so you can defer payments for a few months until you get back on your feet. But ultimately, you've got this debt that you've got to kind of deal with, and and there's a few ways that you can try to responsibly deal with it. It can be very stressful and difficult when you've got like three or four different accounts with different balances and different rates and different amounts to pay each month. Um, I think one positive thing that has come out in the last, you know, five to 10 years is there's a larger selection of installment loans on the market that are really meant to be debt consolidation loans. And I I think there's a few nice elements to doing that. You know, one is you can take these three or four different accounts and balances that you have and just combine them into one bill that you pay each month, right? And so, it's like very daunting when you've got all these bills and you're trying to keep track of it. So at least if it simplifies it into one bill, you know what you need to cover and budget for. Does, and that, the um, other, does yeah. that impact your credit score if you do that kind of consolidation? It, it, it does get factored in, but ultimately if, if you consolidate those debts, then if those three or four credit accounts, now the balances go from thousands of dollars on each of these different accounts down to zero, and so if you consolidate it so that the, there's no balance on those cards and now the balance is in the installment loan, you know, I can't say for sure because everyone's, you know, everyone's profile and the way the score is calculated is a little differently. But I don't think it would be seen as a negative because now your utilization on those balances looks good. I think people get into trouble when you consolidate the debt, you now have this installment loan. But then if you rack your credit card balances back up again, right. that, that's not a good thing. But if you have, if you can say, hey, look, I'm, I'm not going to run the balances back up. I'm going to pay them off each month and then just focus on paying off this installment loan. That can definitely be a positive. And I think the nice thing there is the installment loan gives you a path to fully paying it off. And that might be three years or five years. So it might take a little bit of time, but kind of slow and steady, you can chip away at it. And I think the key there is to like not run up the balances on those cards again. Um, and if you can keep those down and just focus on paying down the debt, that can at least give you kind of a, a plan or a path forward to, to getting out of the out of your situation. Right. OK. OK. That makes sense. Sorry to interrupt you there. <laughs> I was no, like, no, no, no problem. I'm, at all. I'm sure somebody has this question right now, so I, I got to make sure I ask it. <laughs> totally. Well, and then, in fact, I'll, uh, I'll talk a little bit about, you know, what we're doing at SeedFi, because we've tried to really actually take that to, to the next level where, you know, when folks, whether it be that you're paying off some debts that you already have, or whether you're just trying to get through an emergency, you know, a car breaks down, you need to like fix your car to get to work. How do you come out of that actually better off? And so, you know, the first step would be, okay, well, now I'm, I'm out of debt. So that's a positive. 
You know, we try to take it another step where we actually get people so that once they've completed paying off their, their, their loan or their plan, we've actually generated savings for them. And we actually think that's fundamentally part of the problem is that, you know, one is, okay, we've got debt, you've got to pay back and you're paying fees and finance charges. But if you can get folks into a situation where they can actually slowly and consistently start saving money and build habits of saving, imagine at the end of paying off that loan, as opposed to just now being out of debt, you've actually saved a thousand dollars and you've got a thousand dollars of savings that you can start to build from. And so those are the kind of steps that we're trying to make to um, really help help people with their financial future. Yeah, I think that's pretty powerful. Uh, I, I'm curious if you could, because I'm sure that you, you see a lot of data behind uh, debt and uh, all of the not so good statistics around money. What about the the piece of cultivating good financial habits or a good mindset where you don't feel maybe triggered as much to get in debt or spend in situations where maybe life's just not go, going well and it feels so much better to push the buy now button? How do you start to change some of those underlying things so that once you get out of debt, you don't maybe find your way back in that? Yeah, totally. I, I think the, the psychological effect is so huge. And, you know, when when people are financially stressed, I, I think you naturally, it, it's harder to make good decisions. And it's actually harder to focus on what are good decisions. People actually like pull back and they actually, they, they start spending more and doing things that they couldn't. And I think as you, there's been studies around how stress affects your 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 brain yeah. and the way that you think and make decisions, and so it's it's really unfortunate that you spend the least amount of time trying to be the most thoughtful when you're in the most difficult situations, and so ultimately you want to have a way for it to be really simple for people to make good decisions, and and what we have found, um, you know, and, and I've spent about the last ten years now trying to provide more responsible credit products to to lower income consumers. And I think what we found is by trying to keep the solutions really, really simple and trying to make it easy for people to budget, we, we typically align payments with people's paychecks. So when people get paid, if you can just make it so they can set aside a little bit with each paycheck, just make it very easy and simple for them to, to slowly build good financial habits. That that's kind of how you start to build some progress and, and build some of those habits. And then over time, as people are able to make progress and, you know, you can really engage deeper, I think, once people have a little bit of savings and have a good credit score, earn a better position to now be like, oh, okay, I've made some progress now, then I think you can engage on what, what's a longer term plan. And so I think the, the tough part is how do you just start building those initial habits of just setting aside just a little bit of money each paycheck and, you know, starting to build a little bit of progress and then use that to, to, to grow over time. Um, but again, I think the solutions need to be really, really simple just to kind of get started. And then as you as you as you build momentum, um, I think you can dig in deeper and deeper. Yeah, I like that. I, that feels that feels really good. <laughs> um, I, you, you spoke about this earlier, and I know this to be true, that your credit score, if you have a really good credit score, it can fall really fast, like one kind of whoopsie, and your your score can tumble. But going up the other way, building up, it takes takes a long time. Like, 
if somebody is building, rebuilding their credit score, how long should they really anticipate that it takes before maybe it even crosses that, that 700 barrier? Is there, is there any like metrics around that? Yeah, you know, I, I, that, that's a really hard question. And, and everybody's profile is a little different. Um, I would say the earlier you are in your journey, um, the less history you have, the fewer accounts that are there, the easier it is to, to turn it around. Um, I think the, the more mature you are, and particularly when you have a lot of delinquencies, so, so late payments are, are a really tough thing to, to come back from, and it, takes, it just takes time. Um, you have to let them you know, kind of pass through. And eventually, I, I want to say after about seven years, it like totally falls off and it won't really affect you anymore. And so with each year that passes, it gets further and further in your history, you know, you'll kind of improve and, and get away from it. But I think the earlier you on the the earlier you are you are on your journey, the the quicker you can recover from it. And then obviously the the fewer delinquencies that you might have, you know, the quicker you can recover from it. Um, I think if the things that are hurting you are around you know total amount of debts and high utilization on your cards, but you haven't gone delinquent, that's also much easier to recover from because all you got to do is say, okay, well if you can start paying those paying that down and become less utilized and have less debt, then all of a sudden you, you look good and you've kind of have a clean balance sheet. Um, but I think it's dependent on what, what's causing you to, to have a low score um, and how quickly are those things, um, you know, how quickly are you able to address those things. Um, but everyone's a little bit different. And I'll say if you've got a, a lot of accounts and a bad score and you've got and you've made late payments, that, that can be the most difficult thing to recover from. But at the same time, you got to just slowly chip away at it. And I think at least for me personally, you know, some of my early financial mistakes were really derived from having like too big of goals. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I would think like, oh, if I can't save $10,000, like why bother? <laughs> right. And it's like the dumbest mentality. It's like the exact opposite of how you should approach anything in life, right? It's like, okay, well, you know, have small achievable goals. And as you achieve those goals, you get some success and then you can have bigger goals and bigger goals. And so kind of wherever you are, you just got to find something that you feel like you can achieve and chip away at it. And, and over a long enough time horizon, you can make a really big difference. You just can't do it all at once. And so just because you're at, you know, 560 or 580 or 610 or wherever you might be, you're not going to be at 700 or 800 overnight, but you can chip away at it and get there. And I think ultimately folks just need some help and need kind of a plan of like, how do I slowly chip away at this thing? And I think that's where there there are some solutions in place now. Um, but I think that's where, you know, we need to come up with better solutions for folks so that they can have a plan and slowly start to chip away and, and build that confidence. I agree a, a thousand percent. I mean, that's how it worked for me was just slowly every day making decisions, trying to find extra money in my bank account that I could send over to the debt. And I, that's how it, it just was day after day after day. And you, you bring up a really good point. And I think I, I love the, the message or mission behind SeedFi uh, Seed really is just you don't want people to fail at money. And I feel like the system is just set up in such a way that people are led to, to, to fail at money. And it's just really, I think... I could use a lot of really bad words, but it's very frustrating that 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 is the case. And I mean, I think that we all, we all know this, but I'd love to hear your your take just a little bit. I mean, 
when you say that credit card companies really target people that they think they'll be able to to you know get them kind of in this cycle of debt i mean that's really what's happening right there's a mass amount of money being made from from us being in debt and sort of perpetuating that right i, I mean absolutely uh there's a lot of money being made and also i mean ultimately they're, they're trying to get us to spend more and you know you get a card in your pocket and you get rewards for spending um and the more you spend then the more difficult it is to pay it off and so a lot of times their objective may not be that they want you to rack up a lot of debt, but their objective is almost always that they want you to spend on their card. Um, and a result of spending more and more and more is that you might not be able to pay it off. And so it just, it becomes a slippery slope. Yeah. And um, I, I think it's, I think it's the products. I also think it's cultural too. Um, and, and at least I know I can relate to my experience in my generation um, yeah, we'd go out and we'd spend and, you know, you'd put on the credit card and not really worry about it. And, you know, you'd figure it out later. And that's just not not a healthy mentality. So, you know, I think there's a few things coming together that, that have created this problem. Yeah. Wow. It's um, yeah, it's just it just blows my mind. And I I feel like we know a lot of places where we need to have a healthy credit score. Like if we're buying a house or we're buying a car or or even if we're getting a credit card, having a really good credit score really helps. Are there any other situations in life where having a good credit score d does work in our favor that maybe we don't know about? Well, I think, unfortunately, people find out about some of those things when their score is really bad. Um, and so if you go, if you kind of end up down, down a bad path and you can't pay some bills and your score goes down, you know, sometimes you have to put deposits down for utilities. You know, sometimes you go to rent an apartment and you can't get the apartment because your score is not good enough for the landlord. You go to, you see the cell phone that you want and you're like, oh, I want to get the new iPhone. Like, sorry, we can't approve you for a plan. So you can't get financing for your phone because the financing is kind of embedded in the plan. And so I think you can get to a point where all of a sudden you realize all the things that just kind of happened before start to become more and more difficult. Um, and so that exists. And then on the flip side of it, you know, once you once you start getting a better and better score, you know, things just kind of open up for you. Right. If you you can get whatever credit card you want, you get it. And all of a sudden you get like a thirty thousand dollar credit limit on your card. You go to, to purchase a car, you get the zero percent financing. Um, you go to refinance your mortgage, all of a sudden the, the rates are really, really low. And so you can kind of be on the good side of that or the bad side of it. And it is really interesting. There's, you know, there, you're almost like on the good side of the bad side. And if you, if you get down the good path, you know, credit and debt can be a really powerful tool for you. And, and you can save money from it. You can leverage it really well. You can keep money in savings. You can keep money in investment accounts. And we need money for other things. It's a really powerful tool. And so some folks use it and they're much better off because of, of, of access to credit and access to debt. And then for other folks, it becomes just a, a huge um, a huge drain and toll on their financial lives. Um, and so I think once you once you start heading down the bad uh, down the better path, you realize all the waste that was kind of holding you back. And once you start eliminating a lot of that waste and then start being thoughtful about your decisions, you kind of realize it opens up a whole new world for you. And at least for, for a lot of our customers, you know, folks are, are, are renting their apartments 
and they're having a tough time saving and they're trying to manage their debts. And we believe that if we can help them, you know, get out of the debt, get a better credit score, start saving, ultimately would love then to help them, you know, buy a home one day. And so then as opposed to just paying money in rent each month, if they're now building up equity in a home um, and now they have that asset and if they do need to buy a car or they need, you know, to, to take out debt for some reason, you know, they're, they're doing it from an advantaged position, that can make all the difference in the world. And again, it's just all about trying to find a way and find a plan to help flip that script for them. Um, but it can be so difficult because, you know, no one's really guiding them or telling them how to do that. Um, and it's really tough yeah. to figure it out on your own. Yeah, it is really tough. And there's a lot of information out there. And I think a lot of it can be confusing. Uh, tell me, tell me just a little bit more about SeedFi and, and some of the programs that, that you have that people can really start to flip those scripts with. Yeah, absolutely. And so our, our first product is called our Borrow and Grow Plan. And we, we built that product, you know, with this, this idea that, you know, people run into financial difficulty and if you don't have a good credit score and your car breaks down and you need $1,000 to fix your car, if you got to take out a really high interest rate loan, that can be the kind of thing that can, that can be really, really tough to recover from. And it can kind of get you off track. And, you know, you might be paying off that debt for, for years and years because you're refinancing it and, and it's really expensive. And so our goal with the Borrow and Grow plan was to give someone an affordable loan to help them meet their immediate needs. But also, as part of that loan, we would open up a savings account and we would fund that savings account with money such that when they repaid their debt obligation to us, they actually have a savings account with savings in it. And so for the first time in their lives, for a lot of folks, they now might have $1,000 saved up and it's just kind of embedded in the plan. And so we'll get them the money they need. They make their payments. We always align our payments with people's paycheck cycles to make it much easier to budget. Um, and so then, you know, as they're kind of budgeting and making their payments, you know, again, kind of chipping away without being totally aware of it, they get to the end and wow, now I've got a thousand dollars of savings. And so if we can help people, you know, through a tough time and at the end of it, have some money saved and help them build up their credit, they're now kind of better off for, for their next set of financial decisions. Um, and they're a little bit more confident. And so that's our borrow and grow plan. It's a loan. It helps people generate savings. There's a, a free savings account associated with it. Um, and again, we see that as a, a step for folks that have a financial emergency um, and want to get them on a better path. Our, our second product was really meant to catch people a little bit earlier in their journey. And so we call that our, our credit builder plan. And the idea there was, you know, we, we want to give uh, people an opportunity to start building credit and saving money. But if you don't have a financial emergency, you know, we'd love to be able to get ahead of you before something happens. And so folks that want to be a little bit more proactive about it and, and really what it is, and I think this is a really cool concept where all we ask for you to do is you can save as little as $10 every paycheck. So if you're paid every two weeks, just set aside 10 bucks every two weeks. It can be a really small amount. That'll go, that'll go into the plan. We'll do is we'll open up a savings account. If you're saving $10 every two weeks, at the end of two years, you will have saved $500. And so it becomes this really nice kind of savings plan. But the way that it's structured is it's actually a loan so that all of those $10 contributions count as loan payments. Mm. And so it becomes a really easy way for you to start saving and building credit at the same time. We only charge $1 a month. So it's a really low cost way to save money and build credit. And we've even done it so that if you refer someone, it'll be totally free. 
So you can open up the plan, refer a friend or family member, they come on board. It can be a totally free way to have this really simple savings plan that helps you build credit. And so the idea there is if we can catch people a little bit earlier, uh, kind of learn learn from the mistakes that, that I made where I wouldn't save, and it doesn't have to be a lot of money, you know, 10 bucks every paycheck, you know, people like literally like might not even notice that it's gone, but you're building credit and you're saving money. And even if you start small, you know, maybe the next time you do 20 bucks and then you do 40 bucks and then you start building more meaningful savings and you're starting to generate um, a history of payments that helps with your credit score, you know, we really want to use that as an opportunity to get people on the good side of that trajectory where now, you know, your credit score and access to credit and debt products becomes an advantage for you um, and a tool for you as opposed to something that, that, that hurts you. Wow. I love that idea. I really do because so many people ask me how how can I start and without having to have a credit card necessarily. So I, I love that. Wow. Okay. Uh, and 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 you can get a credit card and do this, right? Right. And, and, and sometimes there's benefits to both, right? You have multiple credit accounts, and so it doesn't have to be an either or. I think this is a great way. Again, and, and this is what was missing from my life early just a really simple way to start the, the habit of saving, right? And that's really what we want to do. Ha- start the habit of saving. Hey, I have a savings account. I have money in a savings account. Um, I'm building credit. You know, it doesn't mean if you, if you need a credit card, you can still go out and get a credit card. Now, I think there's some, some tips and advice on how to do that best. But I think no matter what, this is a really good foundation um, for, for your credit journey as you're getting started, almost no matter what else you want to do. Yeah, have your have your cake and eat it too. I like that. <laughs> uh, well, Jim, this has been so great. I would love for you to tell the listeners if they're interested in CFI where they can go to connect and to learn more. Yeah, absolutely. Go to CFI.com. Um, all of our plans are listed there. You can learn a little bit about the company. Um, they're meant to be really simple ways. Whether you just want to, you know, get started on your journey and, and start building some good early financial habits so that you're better off later. Um, or whether you actually need, you know, need some money now um, and need some help and, and want a better product and a better path, um, just go to seedfi.com and, and check out our plans. And um, again, we, we've got um, a set of plans in place today. And, you know, ultimately, we're really excited. We've got a whole suite of products that we think we can launch and really help people with their financial future. So um, keep an eye on it and hopefully we'll have more stuff, more stuff coming in the future. I really, really want you to hear this. I worked one-on-one for over 12 years with people just like you, all different incomes, careers, demographics, ages. And I would say 95% of them had something come along and mess up their credit score. And you know, it was okay. So if you're feeling a bit panicky about your score, take some of Jim's tips and just put one foot in front of the other. And before you know it, your score will start to improve. It can take time. I know, but it's it's not the end of the world. So don't let whatever those numbers be stop you from taking some action, but also know, hey, it's okay, whatever those three numbers are. And if you love this episode, do me a favor, share it with three of your friends right now. And if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed and follow Millennium Money Podcast on any podcast player to make sure you get all the new episodes. I want to thank all of our generous sponsors for supporting this episode. And as a reminder, you can find all the links to our sponsors and our guests right in our show notes. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. 
For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC.